Hey, everybody, get ready for an informative episode from Parents' Rights in Education. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and I'm looking forward to our time together. We stand and defend the fundamental rights of all parents to raise their children and firmly believe children belong to their families, not the state, not the teachers, the teachers' union, or any other bureaucrat. I invite you to visit our website, parentsrightsined.org. Sign up to receive our news alerts. Like our Facebook page. Join or form a Parents' Rights and Education affiliate chapter. Making your voice heard is always easier with others. Just grab a couple friends and you're there. We will help with training, information, branding, and contact referrals. Let's start a Facebook group for you. Submit the chapter inquiry form on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Hey guys, well as usual, uh, just as we suspected, something ain't right. Something ain't right in Idaho and it ain't right all across the country. And that has to do with these school board meetings and the very suspicious activities taking place during the meetings, after the meetings, between the media, the proponents of critical race theory, mandatory masks, mandatory vaccinations, all of that. They've got something going on between them. Because the other side, our side, the actual reality of what is happening at those meetings is not being reported. They're using terminology that makes parents Conservative families in communities uh, look like they, they're mean, they're violent, and they've got to be stopped. I just put out a press release because I'm going to share something with you that you will not believe. The press release is titled, National Effort to Ban Parents from Public Schools. And this national effort is being pushed by, among others, the National School Board Association. Now, the National School Board Association is linked with the National Education Association. All of those represent the left, very left-leaning Marxist union, and they are promoting critical race theory and mandatory vaccination and mask wearing. So earlier in the week, we reported on suspicious news coverage of the Coeur d'Alene School Board special meeting scheduled for September 24th at 1 p.m. Now, that's a Friday. Friday at 1 p.m., really? And expecting parents to attend and community members. And obviously, they know they're probably not going to come. But they did go because the agenda was to reconsider the implementation of a mask mandate. We know the coverage was biased because citizen recordings proves the attendees were peaceful unless raising one's voice, is illegal. We have footage taken by a local citizen that proves that was the case. It seems strange that the meeting was abruptly canceled at the superintendent's suggestion, and for a weak reason. Attendance was limited to the size of the meeting room, and based on past history, 
the room capacity is a well-known fact. Parents changed busy schedules and they left work to attend the meeting and were justifiably angry when told capacity was limited, unlike previous meetings where standing room only was allowed. So something ain't right. And in addition, on October 1st, two pro-mask choice board members, Jennifer Brumley and Tambra Pickford, resigned their board positions immediately. Something similar is going on in Oregon, and we're calling this fake news. They're twisting things. They're spinning things. They're not sharing both sides of the story. The Oregonian reported on recent activity in Newburgh, small Newburgh, Oregon, a town of 24,000 people, where parents supported newly elected school board members and their decision to limit banners displayed in the classroom and school buildings. Even though board president Dave Brown released an official statement, his remarks were ignored by the press. Now that's called bias. They're not even telling our side of the story. There was a large article on the front page of the Oregonian newspaper. What they failed to report was the opposition campaign to get all of the four conservative majority board members fired by their respective employers. School board members serve on a volunteer basis. They aren't paid. This is not a paid position. Some teachers and activists encourage community members to slander personal reputations of these four board members by email and phone calls to their employers. And in fact, Board Vice President Brian Shannon was shown the door. He is the sole provider for his family, his wife, and two young children. These four board members serving the community were stalked and verbally attacked for doing what the electorate wants. Why was that not reported? Now, this story is significant in light, especially in light of a recent letter sent to President Biden from the National School Board Association. This letter is written to the Honorable Joseph R. Biden, President of the United States, and is dated September 29th, regarding federal assistance to stop threats and acts of violence against public school children, public school board members, and other public school district officials and educators. Dear Mr. President, America's public schools and its education leaders are under an immediate threat. The National School Boards Association, or NSBA, respectfully asks for federal law enforcement and other assistance to deal with the growing number of threats of violence and acts of intimidation occurring across the nation. Local school board members want to hear from their communities on important issues, and that must be at the forefront of good school board governance and promotion of free speech. However, there also must be safeguards in place to protect public schools and dedicated education leaders as they do their jobs. NSBA believes immediate assistance is required to protect our students, school board members, and educators who are susceptible to acts of violence affecting interstate commerce because of threats to their districts, families, and personal safety. As our school boards continue coronavirus recovery operations within their respective districts, they are also persevering 
against other challenges that could impede this progress in a number of communities. Coupled with attacks against school board members and educators for approving policies for masks, many public school officials are also facing physical threats because of propaganda, purporting the false inclusion of critical race theory within classroom instruction and curricula. This propaganda continues despite the fact that critical race theory is not taught in public schools and remains a complex law school and graduate school subject well beyond the scope of a K-12 class. On behalf of our state associations and the more than 90,000 school board members who govern our country's 14,000 local public school districts, educating more than 50 million school children, NSBA appreciates your leadership to end the proliferation of COVID-19 in our communities and our school districts. And we also appreciate recent discussions with White House and U.S. Department of Education staff on many critical issues facing public schools, including threats school officials are receiving. In addition, we applaud your actions to restore resources to school districts that have not yet received their education stabilization funding through Project SAFE, Supporting America's Families and Educators grant program, for coronavirus recovery efforts, including the use of face masks and other precautions to help prevent COVID-19 infections among students and educators. Now, we ask that the federal government investigate and intercept and prevent the current threats and acts of violence against our public school officials through existing statutes, executive authority, interagency and intergovernmental task forces, and other extraordinary measures to ensure the safety of our children and educators to protect interstate commerce and to preserve public school infrastructure and campuses. While local and state law enforcement agencies are working with public school officials in several communities to prevent further disruptions to educational services and school district operations, law enforcement officials in some jurisdictions need assistance, including help with monitoring the threat levels. As these threats and acts of violence have become more prevalent during public school board meetings via documented threats transmitted through the U.S. Postal Service, through social media and other online platforms and around personal properties, NSBA respectfully asks that a joint collaboration among federal law enforcement agencies, state and local law enforcement, and with public school officials hmm, be undertaken to focus on these threats. NSBA specifically solicits the expertise and resources of the U.S. Department of Justice, Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, U.S. Department of Homeland Security, U.S. Secret Service, and its National Threat Assessment Center regarding the level of risk to public school children, educators, board members, and facilities and campuses. We also request the assistance of the U.S. Postal Inspection Service to intervene against threatening letters and cyberbullying attacks that have been transmitted to students, school board members, district administrators, and other educators. This is so much BS. Oh, I want you to get a flavor of the breadth and depth of this insanity. My gosh. Okay, I'm reading on. As these acts of malice, violence, and threats against public school officials have increased, the classification of these heinous actions could be equivalent to a form of domestic terrorism and hate crimes. 
As such, NSBA requests a joint expedited review by the U.S. Department of Justice, Education, and Homeland Security, along with the appropriate training, coordination, investigations, and enforcement mechanisms from the FBI, including any technical assistance necessary and state and local coordination with its National Security Branch and Counterterrorism Division as well as any other federal agency with relevant jurisdictional authority and oversight. Additionally, NSBA requests that such review examine appropriate enforceable actions against these crimes and acts of violence under the Gun-Free School Zones Act, the Patriot Act in regards to domestic terrorism, the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act, the Violent Interference with Federally Protected Rights Statute, the Conspiracy Against Rights Statute, an executive order to enforce all applicable federal laws for the protection of students and public school district personnel and any related measure. As the threats grow and news of extreme hate organizations showing up at school board meetings is being reported, This is a critical time for a proactive approach to deal with this difficult issue. These threats or actual acts of violence against our school districts are impacting the delivery of educational services to students and families. As many districts receive federal funds and subsidies for services to millions of students with disabilities, health screenings, and supplemental supports for disadvantaged students, child nutrition, broadband connectivity, educator development, school safety activities, career and technical education, and more. School board meetings have been disrupted in California, Florida, Georgia, and other states because of local directives for mask coverings to protect students and educators from COVID-19. An individual was arrested in Illinois for aggravated battery and disorderly conduct during a school board meeting. Well, they don't say whether or not he was actually charged. Uh, And during two separate school board meetings in Michigan, an individual yelled a Nazi salute in protest to masking requirements. Well, Well, that's probably pretty accurate. And another individual prompted the board to call a recess because of opposition to critical race theory. They, They had to call recess because there was opposition. In New Jersey, Ohio, and other states, anti-mask proponents are inciting chaos. During board meetings in Virginia, an individual was arrested and another man was ticketed for trespassing. Oh, no. And a third person was hurt during a school board meeting. Who? Discussion. Distinguishing current curricula from critical race theory. And regarding equity issues in other states, including Washington, Texas, Wisconsin, Wyoming, and Tennessee, school boards have been confronted by angry mobs. Well, that's their definition. Uh, They're actually citizens and parents and forced to end meetings abruptly. Well, who forced them? And a resident in Alabama who proclaimed himself as vaccine police has called school administrators filming himself on Facebook Live. Goodness gracious, And it goes on and on. NSBA believes public discussions and transparency by local school board members are important for safe and effective operations of schools. It is vital that public discourses be encouraged in a safe and open environment. Then why don't they provide that? Instead of canceling meetings because they're afraid. 
in which varying viewpoints can be offered in a peaceful manner. Our children are watching the examples of the current debates and we must encourage a positive dialogue even with different opinions. However, with such acute threats and actions that are disruptive to our students' well-being, to the safety of the public school officials and personnel, and to interstate commerce, we urge the federal government's intervention against individuals or hate groups who are targeting our schools and educators. We stand ready to work with you. Oh, boy. So NSBA has put their gloves on. This letter makes the case that students, school board members, and educators are susceptible to acts of violence affecting interstate commerce. Now, why do they keep talking about interstate commerce? They they slip that into the mix so the feds can use it as an excuse to intervene. Because when you disrupt interstate commerce, that makes it a federal issue. Now, the letter begins with America's public schools and its education leaders are under an immediate threat. And the National School Boards Association respectfully asks for federal law enforcement and other assistance to deal with the growing number of threats of violence and acts of intimidation occurring across the nation. But certainly, they are not recognizing the acts of intimidation that are occurring on the other side and actually are are threatening other school board members. I mean, they don't want to protect those school board members who are passing policies that will benefit everyone, like the four in Newburgh. Now, why are they talking about critical race theory here as well? Well, because that is an issue, and that is something that parents are very concerned about, because it's teaching students to hate their country. They state this. Many public school officials are also facing physical threats because propaganda purporting the false inclusion of critical race theory within the classroom instruction and curricula. Well, NSBA claims that CRT is not being taught, that it's not being taught. They're denying that it's that it's being taught and they're calling the inference is propaganda now that's a lie and they know it's a lie we have a list of where it's being taught and we provided that list to the media now it'll be interesting to see if the media covers this because it's they're absolutely lying it is taught in the Seattle public schools. They told teachers that the education system is guilty of, quote, spirit murder, unquote, against black children, and that white teachers must, quote, bankrupt their privilege in acknowledgement of their thief inheritance. San Diego public schools accused white teachers of being colonizers on stolen Native American land and told them, you are racist and you are upholding racist ideas and structures and policies. And it goes on. Cooper T- Tino, California Elementary School forced third graders to deconstruct their racial and sexual identities and then rank themselves according to their, quote, power and privilege, unquote. They separated the eight-year-old children into oppressors and oppressed. A middle school in Springfield, Missouri forced teachers to locate themselves on oppression matrix, claiming that white heterosexual Protestant males are inherently oppressors and must atone for their covert white supremacy. A Philadelphia elementary school forced fifth graders to celebrate black communism and simulated a black power rally to free Angela Davis from prison. At this school, 
87% of students will fail to achieve basic literacy by graduation, but yet they have time to teach this? Oh, that's right. Academics is not a priority. Buffalo Public Schools taught students that all white people perpetuate systemic racism and forced kindergartners to watch a video of dead black children warning them that, quote, racist police and state-sanctioned violence, unquote, who might kill them at any time. And the list goes on. It includes Arizona, California, North Carolina, a Santa Clara County Office of Education, Portland, Oregon Public Schools, uh, trained children to become race-conscious revolutionaries, uh, principal of Eastside Community School in New York, sent white parents a, quote, tool for action, unquote, which tells them they must become, quote, white traitors, unquote, and then advocate for full, quote, white abolition, unquote. And the list goes on. As I said, that allegation is a lie, and they know it. And there are other lies. Parents and citizens, number one, they are not guilty of hate crimes and terrorism. What they're, I guess if you would call them guilty, it's guilty of being concerned about what their kids are being taught. And by the way, they are their children. These are other people's minor children. I'm going to say that again. These are other people's minor children. And these school administrators, number one, they work for us. So they really don't have a say about what's being taught. It's the board that makes that decision. They're the ones who pass policies. So the NSBA letter alleges, quote, as these acts of malice, violence, and threats against public school officials have increased, the classification of these heinous actions, I mean, the the, the words they're using, they're just so... Uh, there's there's such exaggerations. Uh, they're saying that these heinous actions could be the equivalent to a form of domestic terrorism and hate crimes. This allegation would be laughable if it weren't so serious. And the fact the National School Board Association tied to the NEA, the National Education Association, is claiming parents should be considered domestic terrorists and a threat to all citizens is preposterous. Parents, the backbone of American culture, have the right to be involved in the education of their children. And that right has been affirmed by the Supreme Court five times. And by most state statutes, they have the right to express concerns to their elected officials, the school board, and the right to reject curriculums and influence district policies. Now, the idea that these folks are now clearly the target of the National School Board Association flies directly in the face of citizen constitutional rights to free speech. School board members are elected officials. Administrators and teachers are not. And according to a fake news article appearing in the Newburgh Graphic, the Newburgh Education Association, an affiliate of the National Education Association, quote, is forming an organizing committee to decide how union members will respond collectively to the school board's actions. Actions by NEA members may include collective protests that could take a variety of forms in the coming weeks, unquote. Teachers are employees of the school district and therefore must adhere to district policy. They have no right 
to say what is being taught in the schools, period. And the fact that they are being encouraged by the National Education Association and now the National School Boards Association to protest against decisions made by the board is unconscionable. NEA and local affiliates, the NSBA, have crossed the line. And it is clear, they are not interested in supporting parents and communities. That's the bottom line. I'm talking about all parents in the communities, not just parents of certain students. Pre is outraged over this blatant attack on parental rights and the rights of citizens to influence the public schools they so generously fund with their tax dollars. Thanks for listening. We'd love to have you join us. Please fill out the form on our website called Join Us. Oh, and one last thing. Would you be willing to support us financially? We are 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. And that means that you can take a tax deduction for any amount you give. I encourage you to join the 12 by 12 club. That's $12 a month for 12 months. If you do that, you will receive a complimentary parent guide as long as supplies last. Go to our website, parentsrightsined.org and click on the donate button. Thanks so much for joining us and helping us do what we do here. This is Suzanne Gallagher, and this is Parents' Rights Now.